supporters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work they love, and create actual amazing relationships. You jump in. We'll help you with your life and your money. Dr. John Deloney, number one best-selling author and host of the wildly popular Ramsey Network production of The Dr. John Deloney Show. He talks about all kinds of mental wellness issues, is my co-host today. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money, 888 825 Charles is going to start off this hour in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Charles, how are you? Hi, I'm Dave. I'm fine. Um, the kind of question I have is a little bit unusual in that um, last year my wife passed away. I'm sorry. And we were doing the baby steps, but that kind of came to a stop because without her income, my only income is Social Security, and I'm trying to figure out a way to um, save, keep our house from going into foreclosure. Mm. Wow. I'm sorry. How long were you guys married? Um, 18 years. Wow. How old are you? Um, 64. How old was she? Um, she passed away. She was just turned 50. Whoa. What happened? Um, we were on our way home from a dinner date. And, she, and I had met her after work, so we were in separate cars, and I exited the freeway where I live, and she was about two minutes behind me, and she got caught in a landslide. Whoa. No way. Wow. That's wild. And, Man, I'm sorry. What a deal. Yeah. And I'm actually in um, Nashville right now. Um, yeah. I took a picture with you yesterday. Oh, okay. Okay. My daughter is the one going to college here. Oh, yeah. I remember talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, d- talking about dad's checking into Belmont. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you owe on the house? Um, right at 320 And what's the payment? Um, Just about 2000 Okay. And what is your Social Security? Um, Social Security is about 1600 Okay. And um, how are you behind on the house? No, we're up to date right now. How? Um, I've been using money from savings that I got from the life insurance to keep the house payment up. Got it. How much um, was the life insurance? Well, it got split three ways because we had me and the kids were all on it. So the life insurance company gave 35 to each of the kid and 30 to me of the percentage. Mm-hmm. So I ended up with about 170,000. But when I, when she passed away to get all the bills squared away and get us out of debt, I, I had to pay off my car and my daughter's car. So I spent about a hundred thousand getting us debt free, except for the house. Your daughter's using her money to go to Belmont. What's that? Your daughter's using her money to go to Belmont. Well, yes and no. Um, she got a bunch of scholarships. She had good grades. She got scholarships and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so our total bill for Belmont was um, just over 3000 Oh, nothing. Okay. Fantastic. Good. That's wonderful. What's the house worth? Um, What's it worth? Um, according to online, it would be worth 
probably a little over five, but the online description of it is incorrect. They have it as a three bedroom, and it's really a four bedroom. Yeah, so somewhere, but it's, got, you know, you got you got a four hundred thousand equity yeah. anyway. Yeah. Okay. What 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 is it about staying in this home that's important to you? Well, it's the only kids the kids of that house the kids have ever known. But if I were to sell it, housing in the Portland area, I would not be able to get into another house. And what, payment I'm making. and what I'm asking you is you're on Social Security now, so that tells me that you're untethered. What is it about Portland? Well, what I hear, I hear a guy who's got a hole in the boat and he's determined to yeah. stay in the bay that he's in, even if well, that means I, the whole thing sinks. Yeah, well, I still have my son who's in high school. Great. Your son's going to want to stay in a home. Right. So let me, let me, um, so let, let's first establish this, okay? You, I've been talking to you for a few minutes. You've been through a horrible yeah. tragedy, and it breaks your heart, and it clouds and fogs your mind if you're a normal human, and you're a normal human, but you're a smart guy. So let's first establish, A, there's not going to be a foreclosure. That's not going to happen because you would sell the house before you would lose all of that equity unless you're a fool, Right. Yeah. Okay, well, so you're either going to get your income going and pay the bill, or you're going to sell it. Right. But if there's not going to be a foreclosure. You're going to sell it to avoid a foreclosure, foreclosure. because you can't afford it. Now, I'm 62. You're 64. I work every day. Why don't you? I've been on, um, I had two bouts with cancer, and I still have ongoing medical issues with that. Okay. That's why I had to take an early retirement from where I was working. What were you doing? Airlines. What at the airline? For the airline. Uh, what's that? You were a pilot? No, no. Uh, aircraft mechanic. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start asking myself, if I'm you, what I can do with my m- medical limitations to create $5,000 a month. And if I can't find that, then you need to sell your house. Because, yeah, I, I was looking into that. Yeah. But in the area, is if I sell the house, the apartment rents are higher than what my mortgage payment is. You're going like to lose the house if you don't pay the Correct. payment or sell it. Right. So there's no magic wand that gets you out of this because rents are high in Portland, Oregon. So you are either going to create $5,000 worth of income to be able to pay the bill on a $2,000 house payment, and you can do, you know, I'm not, I'm not panicking, but you've got to start thinking that I, this is a math problem, and I've got to take action. What happens too many times when someone's gone through a tragedy like you've gone through, and then they get pinched in a situation like this, they t- a lot of people tend to get paralysis and do nothing. And there's, and then they wait until it's too late, and they do lose the house. So I'm telling you, you need to actively, proactively decide in the middle of your grief, which is very hard to do, in the middle of your broken heart, which is very hard to do, what the next chapter of your career looks like, and you're, therefore your housing. And so you, you've got to go make some money. Now, you don't have to go to work for somebody, 9 to 5 in corporate America. Maybe you can't do that. Maybe there's a side hustle. Maybe there's a thing you do from home from the computer. I don't know what that thing is. I will send you Ken Coleman's 
book from paycheck to purpose to help you get get through that but it's a simple procedure charles as badly as i hurt with you i'm also not going to participate in watching the boat sink so either either fix the boat or sell the boat don't sink the boat and it's important to remember your wife is no longer in that boat she's gone I think, Dave, I think it's time to let the house go, man. You think it's better to let it go? Yeah. Okay. This is The Ramsey Show. So here's a quick math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day, so your business needs to streamline tasks that are time suckers, and focus on activities that make money. So to reduce headaches as they scale, smart businesses use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite helps you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform. So join the more than 37,000 smart businesses like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and graduated to NetSuite. And right now, you can download NetSuite's KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. That's netsuite.com slash Ramsey. Phones at 888-825-5225. Number one best-selling author, Ramsey personality, Dr. John Deloney, is my co-host today. Open phones here. Trip. I'm hitting the wrong buttons. Let's see if I can get the right one. There it is. Brian's with us in Dayton. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? I've got a real estate question for you that I've never encountered before. Uh, my wife and I purchased the property in January for 73000 just as an investment property. Uh, we paid cash for the property. And then in August, on August 9th, I got a letter from the state saying that they, were, they had put a $207,000 lien on the property for Medicaid recovery because the previous owner had been on Medicaid. And I didn't know if you'd ever encountered anything like that or had any advice on how to deal with that. Did you buy title insurance? We do have title insurance, and I did file a claim last week. They they assigned a lawyer to it, but they haven't really gotten back to me. So I don't okay. know if was the was the lien filed that. by the state prior to the closing of the property. No, the lien was filed on March tenth, so okay. two months after we purchased it. Well, and again, you you need you, you need you got in touch with the title company, but I don't think the state has the power to retroactively lien something i mean why can they not put a lien on your property 15 years later it's uh, here's the right. thing so I, I who owned the, the house at the time the lien was placed the guy that they're placing the lien on didn't own the house anymore so the only thing the state can do right. is try to find yours the seventy thousand dollars he got from the sale of the property the state has no right to place a lien on your property well that's exactly what i thought but then i, I called the attorney who sent the letter and he said the state has a year to file the lien and i said well but, i mean you know, it's the, a state doesn't even own the property anymore so how can they file a lien on me so i guess that's kind of where we're at we're just, yeah they can't go back and get stuff that the guy used to have yeah um right 
I've I, never I, heard I of this. I emailed the attorney general's office. They said they'd look into it. I emailed, emailed my state representatives. So yeah, I, you're, I, I contacted everyone. I don't, I don't think contact. you're in. Number one, if there is a legitimate lien that can be done, I, and I don't think it is. Okay, I've owned, I bought 2,000 pieces of real estate. I've bought stuff, and then the title turned up bad. I bought a house one time, and um, the title company neglected to figure out that there was a brother with the two sisters that were selling it, and it was an estate. Right. And the brother didn't sign off because they didn't bother to figure that out. And so uh, the title company ended up writing the brother a check in order for him to sign a release because old Dave already owned the property. And so I'm I'm a huge believer in title insurance for that reason. I'm really thankful you've got it. But I think the answer is your title insurance company is going to solve this. If the lien is legitimate, I don't think it is because it comes after the deed is filed. Okay, right. you can't just file crap no. after the deed is filed. You can only file it prior to. If they filed it prior to, that's fine. But um, you know, no, I, I think the lawyers smoking crack. But I may be wrong. I, I mean, it just uh, it would out of out of all the real estate deals I've done, and I've been doing real estate deals deals for forty years. I've never heard of a deal like this that would stay put. So prior to, yeah, and the title company missed it. Well, title company's getting ready to write a check. Okay. Right. And uh, but uh, this is not prior to. I don't think this lawyer's got a case. I think the state screwed up. Okay. But but if he does, the title company is your best bet to handle it. Um, really not the attorney general, and really not. I mean, the attorney general works for the state. Works for the same right. people. Well, that, they're the ones that file the lien. Right? I know it's, it's the same very people. Unethical. Yeah, it's the same people. Right. Yeah. So um, All right. I guess I, I'm going to guess and, and say this is not as much out. unethical as it is just incompetent. Yeah, this is an accident. Sounds but, like, um, and then the lawyer just was—he thought he'd see if he could push you around a little bit, see if he could get the money. But I, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> that's so. Like, yeah, that's like coming out three cars later. Like, hey, this guy who bought this Cadillac seven years ago—he owes us some money, so you need to give us that car. <laughs> Let's can't do that. Well, you can do that in the case of theft. If you stole it, that's right. If it was stolen and yep. fenced. Or like buying stuff at a pawn shop. They, if, somebody can come back if, and eat. If you bought it from a fence, if you bought stolen items, you'll yeah. lose that item. Yeah. That's true. But in real estate, the ownership is established and the title, the cleanliness of the title is established at one place and one place only, and that is in the register of deeds at the courthouse. That's true in every state in the United States. And so in real estate law, they taught us as we were, as I got a degree in real estate, it's called a race to the courthouse. Mm. Whoever files first does when so so let's say you and i both have a deed to a piece of property in our hand the one that files it first is the owner i'm letting the air out of your tires you know, there it is <laughs> so there's no such thing as that happening but i mean yeah. the concept being you know if you have a lien and you don't get it filed before the property is sold That's a you problem. you've got to try to take action against the former owner and get money out of his bank account that he got from the sale which is the state's position here and the lien was technically your collateral, and you missed it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, and so uh, now in, a, in the event of a foreclosure, they can go back on the rights of redemption. There okay. is that, but not after a straight arm's length transaction sale. You just can't willy-nilly walk along and just start plopping stuff down on other people's property. <laughs> It just, that just doesn't make sense. So I may be getting ready to learn something. I may get a, a letter from the state of uh, wherever he was telling me I'm wrong, Ohio, but I don't think I will. Um, we'll see. Uh, and, and, you know, if you have a situation like this, he did the exact right thing. He went to the title company. 
one more time, never buy a house or any piece of property ever without title insurance. Right. For 99% of you that are not professional contractors, don't buy a house without a home inspection. If you are buying a piece of property other than a standard cookie-cutter subdivision lot, if it is a, quote, piece of ground, always get a survey because neighbors have funny memories about surveys and about right-of-ways and about all these other things. And so you need to actually know what it is you're getting. And sometimes a survey is costly on a piece of ground, a piece of rural property, because, you know, it's from the old oak tree to the pile of rocks in the corner. Literally, the, my neighbor told me, your your place starts over at that rock under the tree. That's a, that's a, that's a verbatim quote. Yep. That's right. Yeah, that's... Um, He's that's, accurate, but that was the quote. You know, I've sold enough farm property in Tennessee, that, and Tennessee is very irregular property lines, mm-hmm. not like the Midwest where you got squares and townships and everything's in a perfect little square and you can figure it out, but not in Tennessee. It may, it may follow edges. the creek, and it might not follow the creek, <laughs> so you just don't know. You really need to get a survey, and so... Um, or the creek, as the case may be, but um, yeah, so yeah, it, it's... So real estate is a, it's a fun business, but always take the time to get your documentation. I sure hope the guy hadn't lost seventy grand, but I don't think he has. Mm-hmm. Hope he doesn't lose a penny in legal fees here. Um, wow, that's pretty ballsy right there. But we'll see. I've got bigger concerns if my the state government can just write me a letter that says, "Hey, the guy before you had some problems. We're going to take that. You yeah, wheel your you the IRS. I mean, you would think the IRS would pull something like that." Yeah. But they don't place a lien after the fact. Now, if they place a lien prior to, they just put nails in the coffin of the guy. He's right. stuck, right? But, uh, man, because the IRS, whew, dealing with KGB is a trip. But, uh, um, man, but, yeah, whew, that's an interesting story right there. Very interesting. Hey, every time you hear someone do their debt-free scream, it's because at some point they said, I've had enough. I'm not living like this. I've had it. And when you get mad like that, and you do what they did, your life will change. Right now, inflation, stupid credit card bills, waiting on Washington to fix your life by forgiving your student loans, not going to happen. He's going to announce this week that student loans are going to be forgiven. You need to read the fine print. He doesn't have the power to. He's not really going to do it. He's going to do something that sounds like he did it so that he can get some help into the midterms for his buddies. That's all that's coming. You have to take the course that gives the step-by-step plan that helps you get out of debt and be able to build wealth. It's called Financial Peace University. Nearly 10 million people have beat debt using this. They've learned how to budget, have learned how to become outrageously generous, and become wealthy. Guys, stop letting your debt and money stress control your life. Say, enough! Go to RamseySolutions.com slash enough, and we'll get you into Financial Peace University, help get this stuff going. RamseySolutions.com slash enough. If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen and 
We have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, but over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed. You can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Patrick and Beth are with us. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Hi. Dave. Welcome. Where do you live? Uh, Midland, Michigan. Oh, yeah. Fun. Welcome to Nashville. And here to do a debt-free scream. How much did you pay off? $245,000. Yay. And how long did this take? Two years. Good for you. Boom. Knocking it out. <laughs> And your range of income during that time? 190000 mm-hmm. to 250000 Nice jump in two years. What do you guys do for a living? Uh, we are in medical sales. Both of you? Mm-hmm. Both of us. Okay. Yep. So uh, what do you attribute the $60,000 increase in pay? Y'all just sold a whole bunch of more medical? <laughs> so, <laughs> he sells medical plexiglass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the bulk of it was really that uh, Beth changed jobs. Oh. So she went to a different position. Yep. Ah, that's much more lucrative then. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Yeah, well to go. Good for you guys. Fun, fun, fun. Excellent. Proud of you. Oh, so okay. So what kind of debt is this two hundred forty-five thousand? This was our house, Dave. Whoa! Yeah. Weirdos. <laughs> yes. A couple of weirdos with us. I love it. All right, weirdos. How old are you? Uh, I'm thirty-seven. And I will be forty next month. That was our main goal to do it before I turn forty. And you did. Yes. We did. Okay. It. So what's this house worth? Uh, um, so we actually just talked to one of your ELPs, and it's between five fifty and six hundred. Okay, and how much in your retirement accounts? Uh, between six hundred and six fifty. So you are baby steps millionaires. We are there. We are. Yep. <laughs> Easy, and then some before you're forty. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I love you guys. You're amazing. Okay, how much of this uh, is due to you stealing the money? Uh, zero. <laughs> None. Okay, because most everybody knows the rich people are crooks, right? Yes. Yeah. And you don't look like crooks to me. So, uh, wow, you guys, congratulations. Thank you. Man. Thank that, you. I'm kind of speechless because you're not even 40 yet, oh. and you're millionaires, and I just keep looking at these three little kids, and when you said we're millionaires, they smiled, which means you have had this conversation. Yes, we which have. Is that, I mean, I'm just watching a legacy change right in front of me. It's beautiful. <laughs> well, what was the hardest part about this journey? Uh, you know, for me, it was really um, just trying to stay motivated um, through that two years, and so being the mortgage, it was... You know, we'd go to the bank once a month and make a big payment. And I'm kind of a rip the Band-Aid off kind of guy. So I wanted to make that next payment and that next payment. So just waiting that 30 days to make that next payment was really the, really tough for me. So actually what I did was started making payments every two two weeks. That okay. way I could kind of get that, 
you know, that high of, of making that payment and then just wait another two weeks rather than having to wait an entire month. This guy, got a, he got a dopamine hit nice. making payments. <laughs> is, I, I, yeah. I hated, I hated that bank so much. I'm <laughs> telling you, yeah. that's a good bank to hate right there. Well done. What you was guys. your favorite, um, in retrospect now, what was your favorite disagreement over the last few years? Because, mm. I mean, $250,000 y'all paid off. Y'all could have done a lot of fun stuff with that money. We, we could have, but, I mean, it was definitely worth it. Um, okay. You know, I've got, I've got a great wife. And uh, probably one of the biggest disagreements is, um, I guess she, she wanted to get her hair done. Yeah. And I'm such a cheapo that it was always... Well, you don't have any you hair. You don't have any. No, no. no her, no, her getting hair. I know. I, did. I know. Getting so your hair done often is very expensive. I don't get a say expensive. in my wife's hair. <laughs> I don't have any. I think, yeah, he's right. I, I would say that, yep. Um, it was, you know, the, those little things. We were huge in budgeting. We weren't previously. Um, where it was, we did we kept track of where our money went Mm -hmm. at the end of the month, but eventually we told our money where to go. And that was huge. Um, How'd you get connected up with the Ramsey way? This whole process with us? Yeah. So actually um, I was introduced to you about 13, 14 years ago when I started dating this girl that was reading the total money makeover and (laughs) she was working on getting some credit card debt out of the way. And I just, at that point in my life, I I wasn't ready to follow someone else's plans because I thought I was just, too smart and so fast forward i convinced that girl to marry me and then we lived the next nine years of marriage just being normal and then one day i was driving down the road and one of my co-workers uh she said you know maybe you should find a podcast to listen to because i was sick of listening to the same songs over and over and so at that point in time i was looking at how do i start a zero down uh real estate portfolio and so I typed into the podcast, financial podcast, and up came the Dave Ramsey show. So I thought, hey, I remember this guy. So I downloaded the, the podcast, and the first uh, show that I listened to was a Dave rant. And you were talking about be a victim in your story. And that really hit home with me. And then you started talking about leaving a legacy and changing your family tree. And that's really where something just snapped inside of me. And so I actually went home and I had about $20,000 in student loan debt at that time. We had a big, big savings account because we thought that's what safety was. And so I told Beth, we're going to pay off this student loan debt. And we sat down that night at the computer, paid it off. She's like, who are you and what have you done with my husband? <laughs> she was just waiting for me. Man, I've heard of women playing a long game. That was well played. Yeah. That's yeah. a long time. She knew yeah. it was in there. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, I've had your book since 2009. Took us a while, but we got <laughs> and, there. And so yeah. then once we paid the student loan debt off, it was like, that was too easy. So what was next was the mortgage. And I knew that in order to really make that change behaviorally i had to have some kind of sacrifice so that's where i got the idea of you know what let's just tackle this mortgage mm-hmm. and it started off as a, a five-year plan and then quickly became you know a two-year journey so boom you got addicted to the making payments that's thing. exactly yeah. right wow yeah well, that progress it'll hook you yeah and, and especially our kids so our kids were huge motivation for us um i can remember so my, my daughter, she would help color in the bricks on, on the chart that we were using. Mm-hmm. And early on in the process, I had just made like a you know four or $5,000 payment at the bank. So I was, I was walking pretty high. And I came home and, and Madison, she'd colored in a couple of bricks. And then she looked at me and she said, Dad, we've got to do more. <laughs> <laughs> so, love it, Madison. Jack them up. I love it. All right. How's it feel to be completely free? Uh, I don't think it's fully set in. Uh, but it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just waking up every morning knowing that 
you know, no matter what happens, a pandemic, whatever, nobody's taking our house. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Congratulations, guys. Changes everything. So yes. proud of y'all. Thank you. You are amazing. All right, bring the kiddos up, and let's introduce them. We've got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you, uh, How Ordinary People Build Extraordinary Wealth, How You Can Too. These guys did it. They're 40 years old. We're going to give you another copy of it or give you a copy of it. You should be in there. And a Financial mm-hmm. Peace University membership for a year. Uh, you're welcome to give any of this away if you want. And uh, Get somebody else's journey started, and also a total money makeover book, totally for you to give away because you've already got one. So, that, <laughs> Thank that's you, Dave. So, all right, what are the kids' names and ages? So this is Madison. She's nine. This is which one are you? This is Henry. He's six, and this is Hugh, and he is six as well. Oh, a couple twins. A couple of mm-hmm. twins. That's why we got to look see who they are. And <laughs> Madison is the lady with the bricks. She's like, yes. Dad, we got to do more. Way to go, yep. Madison. Way to go, Madison. You're amazing. Very cool. Hey, you guys changed your family tree. I'm so proud of you. It's a complete, we're looking at the picture of a legacy right in front of us. <laughs> Not even 40 years old. Yep. So very powerful. Well, well done. Patrick and Beth, Madison, Henry, and Hugh. 245000 paid off. Housing everything in the process of becoming Baby Steps millionaires. They did it in two years, making 190 to 250 Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Ready, guys? Three, two, one. One. We're We're debt free! Yeah! Woo! (laughs) That is so fabulous. Oh, man. Dave, how do we have to have this talk real quick? What are we supposed to say about getting our wives getting their hair their hair done? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> um, but the uh, uh, but here's the thing, the 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 spouse that is on board is going to uh, always control and be reasonable about any expenses. Um, and so if I've got an expense, it wouldn't be hair with me, obviously. It'd be something else that's associated, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna limit that because we, we we have a goal. That's right. So I'm gonna limit if I'm the lady, the hair, the nails, and stuff to a reasonable level. Uh, maybe scale back from normal to be able to hit the bigger goal. It's part of the spirit of the process of doing this together. But yeah, I don't get to go in and say you don't know. I don't have that option. This is the Ramsey Show. personality is my co-host today our question today comes from blinds.com they have a 100 satisfaction guarantee that means even if you mismeasure or you pick the wrong color they'll remake your blinds for free you get free samples free shipping and with the new promos they run every month you'll save even more use the promo code ramsey to get the best possible deal Today's question comes from Brian in Texas. Brian asks, I'm 27 years old with a bachelor's degree in accounting and $40,000 in debt, 28K in student loans and 13,000 in credit cards. Have a full-time job making 41 grand a year and live at home. They, I'm assuming it's his parents, want me to stay with them as long as possible because they are 
as long as possible because they are enablers. I want to move out and I ask them to set a deadline for when I have to move. Okay. They are giving me until February of 2023. This is so backwards. I don't have any money saved because I've been throwing it all at the debt. Is it wise to stay with my parents till I'm debt free or save up and move out while continuing to pay off debt? Yeah, there's a lot of things happening backwards here. Yeah, usually, I would say that's usually would say parents throw the kids out. The kids don't ask the parents to ha- throw them out. That's a little backward. Yeah. Well, it's like mom and dad are saying, "We want you to stay with us forever," and then he says, "No, give you, me a date when I have to be gone." <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, a year," <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I get it, dude. Brian, listen. If you were here with us, we'd all be laughing, and you know that we'd be laughing. Here's the thing: um, save up some money and get an apartment. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah give out and i don't know why you only make forty one thousand dollars a year with a degree in accounting yes your job sucks (laughs) you need to go get king coleman's book and look for a better job um also you know that's horrid um yeah no you do not need to stay there until you're debt free that is not a guideline um yes it would be mathematically more efficient um, I will tell you from personal experience, Brian, that um, <clears throat> I observed each of my children after college either setting up house on their own, so to speak, um, or one of them actually moved and lived with us for about three months and then with a, with a game plan to move out very quickly. But in every case when they moved out and had to buy their own milk, had to pay their own light bill or the electricity got cut off, had to buy groceries or there was nothing in the refrigerator, had to do laundry or there was no clean underwear. In every case when they had to do those basic menial adult tasks, I visibly watched them change in that first year they were out. Mm -hmm. And they were already mature, hardworking good people but i watched their emotional development accelerate Mm -hmm. when they left the nest and uh, some more obvious than others in different situations but it was it was palatable Mm -hmm. that uh, no more checks coming from me and no more laundry done by your mom and when they had to pick up that and run with it, it changed everything. So, yeah, I always recommend as quickly as a young person can reasonably get out on their own, even though it does not appear to be mathematically the correct thing to do. It generally ends up being mathematically the correct thing to do because it accelerates you. Mm. And you are what creates your income. So you probably, even though you might not associate it with the activity of having moved out, changes how you walk it changes your swagger your body language and so you go get money more often right and uh because you turn out turn out to need money out here in the world and so it's just good and it's good for you i I would tell you i would highly recommend you do that not in a panic not in a freak out i mean if you want to but i wouldn't wait until february and And i certainly wouldn't wait till you're out of debt i'm proud of him for recognizing wait a minute i'm being enabled my immaturity is I, I, I'm, you know, it took him till he's 27, for goodness sakes. But hey, you figured it out. Move out and let's get this thing going. Yeah. Some people are 35, 45, 55, and they haven't figured out yet that 
Well, they're like characters in a movie, though. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Or callers on my show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's you listen, uh, 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 an eagle that does not leave the nest eventually is called a turkey. Right. So you, you, you need to... Um, or the way I describe it is if you are constantly going into the weight room and helping your kids lift the weight, they're never going to develop their own muscles. And eventually, you're, you're helping them out causes them it is the extension of the helicopter mom that's right helicopter parent uh syndrome yep. to just keep them in the basement forever mm-hmm. like oh well okay yeah uh ashley's in denver hey ashley what's up hi thank you for taking my call sure how can i help uh sorry uh i apologize i'm a little nervous that's but, okay um, we've never lost a patient what's up <laughs> uh i had a quick question or a couple questions in regards to my student loans um, I recently received notification that they are, they have been approved to be forgiven through a class action lawsuit. Um, and through the research that I've done, I can't quite determine if this is taxable income or non-taxable income. They're forgiven um, because the, uh, it sounds like it was a private uh, school and it went broke. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's um, the lawsuit currently going on through the Department of Education. Yeah. 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 And uh, there, there's been a couple of big ones come down lately, and you're probably in that. Yeah. yeah. So that is yeah. one of the instances the student loan forgiveness is real and does happen. So I'm guessing that probably a very, very likely case that your student loans will be forgiven. Now, normally debt that is forgiven is taxable income. For instance, if you mm-hmm. owe uh, MasterCard $4,000 and you don't pay them and they send you a letter saying, uh, you know, you owe them five thousand dollars. They send you a letter saying, "For fifty bucks, we'll forgive this." You send them fifty bucks, then you get a tax bill for the difference. You get a ten ninety nine receipt for the difference on taxable income. I do not mm-hmm. know on student loan forgiveness due to fraud by the, uh, which is what this case is by, by the institution, if that is a taxable event or not. That may be nuanced under the law, and it may be a type of. Uh, debt forgiveness that is not uh, taxable, but otherwise debt forgiveness is taxable by and large. I mean, um, so uh, what I would do if I were in your shoes, because I don't know the answer to your question, I'm sorry, uh, is I would go to RamseySolutions.com, click on ELP for taxes, get a tax professional that we recommend, and they can look up the uh, regulation on this particular thing, this nuanced part of the law, and see if there's any uh, anything that goes with that. It wouldn't surprise me if it's not taxable. It really shouldn't be. It makes sense. It's logical that other types of debt forgiveness are taxable because that's money that you owe. In this case, they're saying you really don't owe it because you weren't really given anything by this horrible, incompetent institution that went broke. Tell me about this. I I didn't know this. So if I owed $50,000, somebody pays off that debt, the government registers that gap as income? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, even if it goes directly uh, not, not to the... student loan debt. Right. But even if it goes directly to the lender and not through me? Yeah. It doesn't okay. matter. It doesn't matter. No. I mean, if they forgive the debt, like it usually comes up if you're negotiating a balance on an old bad debt. Ah, uh, okay. You know, like you owe them $10,000 from five years ago on a MasterCard mm-hmm. and you call up Citibank and you argue with them and they go, well, you know, we'll take $2,000 as settlement. But I pay taxes on that eight. Yep. 
Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. Yep. They're going to send a 1099 out on that. They're supposed to. Because they're writing it off. Because they, they, it's a business loss for them, and it's a gain for you. Right. Because money you legitimately owed, but because you weren't, because it was bad debt, they decided to take less for it. Oh, I did so not know you that. did gain from that. But the theory in the student loan forgiveness is that these uh, jackleg, weird private school things, mm-hmm. you know, would go semi-scam type thing. They were predatory, yeah. Yeah, they are predatory. They would get people into debt, and then the education or the certifications that they gave them weren't worth anything and would go broke, and so really you haven't gained. It's about making you whole. Yeah, yeah, they're just making you whole here. So it's a different theory anyway, but whether or not they're going to tax that, I don't know. You have to check your tax person. Not very good at some of those things. This is The Ramsey Show. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from the Ramsey Network, like the Ken Coleman Show. Are you doing what you were born to do? I'm Ken Coleman, host of The Ken Coleman Show, where I give you practical advice to help you discover your purpose and then map out a plan to get you there. From accounting to advertising, from plumbing to production, you were created to fill a unique role, and the world needs what you have to offer. Join me on The Ken Coleman Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.